podcast land you have sent down once again to combat sports with rhino episode 193 oh apb we're just around the corner from big 200 i'm starting to feel the pressure but no worries about that right now we're gonna get into this one so our guests a little bit later on going 10 rounds of rhino one fc muay thai superstar Asa Tenpao, the American Ninja, joins us. It is a great interview. Really, really fun. Gonna talk to him. I've been watching him for like over a decade. Really interesting to get on, uh, you know, get on the interview with him and get to learn some things about him. Very cool dude, and what a fighter! And he's fighting in just a week at One uh, FC. So really great to have him on. So we have a very jam-packed episode this week. We are gonna have our results from Dana White Contender Series, a big Rhino Gang roundup. Yeehaw! The Bellator 299 results are full UFC Vegas 79 recap, also known as Fight Night Fiziv versus Gamrot. Uh, some fun Q&A with some members of the Rhino Gang, and then the aforementioned 1FC Muay Thai badass, the American Ninja, Asa Tenpao. is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds of Rhino. So, APB, let's go ahead and get our sub trucks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So Tuesday's Dana White Contender Series from the Apex in Las Vegas had our first fight being Igor Da Silva versus Jonta Silva. So Silva versus Silva violence in that one at 125. Uh, Igor got the TKO in the second round and did earn himself a contract. At 155, we had Kanan Krasuski got the rear naked choke over Dylan Man- Mantello uh, in round one. So RNC one for Kanan in that one. He did get a contract. At 115, we had Tatya Alencar with, oh man, so I'm going to say Stephanie Luciano. I think that's right. The old handwriting of the Rhino, we know, is suspect at best. But I think that's what it says, that Stephanie Luciano, that one was a draw. And actually, Stephanie got a contract. And uh, and Tal, is it Talia or Talta? Whatever it is. She did not, which I think is fucked up off of a draw, but whatever. All right, moving back into 155, we had Jacoby Jones. Versus Daniel James Allen. Daniel got the UD in that one, but did not get a contract. And then finally at 205, we had Greg Valesco uh, versus Shamil Gaziev. Shamil got the RNC in the first round and did get a contract. So four out of five contracts, including someone who got a draw, but then the person that they got the draw with did not get a contract. So weird stuff over there at DWCS this week. All right, let's go ahead and get into our Rhino Gang roundup. Yeah. It's a big one. All right, we'll start out with BKFC. Monica Franco got the unanimous decision in her fight over there at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. From Cage Titan 61, our guy, our homie, our man, Joe Giannetti lost the 155-pound belt to Michael Dufort. Once again, at Cage Titan 61. Uh, let's see. We got to go to then to Prior Lake, Minnesota and LFA 168. We had our man Keegan Genrick got a submission via arm triangle in the second round. Over Donald Bush in that one. And then our broski, Sean Lucky McPadden, lost by UD to Mitchell McKee. So that was our LFA and, I'm sorry, LFA 168, Cage Titan 61, and BKFC Rhino Gang recap, or roundup, if you will. We're looking at a Bellator 299. Our first Rhino Gang fighter we got on the card was Roman Feraldo, who lost to Luca Polet by submission in the first round via Darce. Moving into 155, we had our man, J.J. Wilson, the Maori kid himself, had a great performance against Mansoor Barnori, and J.J. got the UD in that one. Our homie at 135, Siren Clark, uh, got the submission via arm triangle over, this is a really hard name, (laughs) Perzemislaw Gorgny. I apologize if I'm not saying that. That's a tough one, dude. Uh, But yeah, Kieran... Got the arm triangle in the second round of that one. So, gang, gang to you, broski. The best one, or at least the most exciting one, was probably Mark Ewan. Got the TKO in the second round over Noah Gugnon. And Mark started throwing these fucking elbows up against the cage. And they started throwing some punches. And this whole beautiful combination dropped Noah, put him down and out. TKO in the second round via elbows. Mark Ewan, awesome stuff, my dude. And then the highest up on the card, so like third from the main event. Sarah Collins, after only four professional fights, going against Sinead Cavanaugh in her backyard. They had a tooth and nail back and forth scrap. Sarah Collins, our girl, gets a split decision in that one over Sinead Cavanaugh. And that one, that's a huge road victory. That's a huge victory all in all. And then she and I have an ongoing joke about a specific 
um, type of food in Australia. So I just jokingly said, you know, tiger pies for everybody. And she she wrote back and she was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get them for everybody. And uh, we just I think she has such a high upside getting a victory over a really tough competitor like she did Kavanaugh. So big ups to Sarah Collins. What's the tiger pie? So apparently, <laughs> and I learned about this years ago, it is a street food that's really hyper regional just to like the Sydney, Australia area, apparently. Okay. And it's basically like, um, like imagine like a steak pot pie with like mushy peas and potatoes on the top, kind of like a shepherd's pie here, right? Uh huh. <laughs> and Sarah is not from is not from Sydney at all. She's from very far away from there. And I mentioned Tiger Pie. She's like, she's like, Rondo, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a constant joke between the two okay. of us about that. So, um, so yeah, dude, big ups for Sarah Collins. All right, getting into the co-main event from that same Bellator 299 card in Dublin, Ireland. Aaron Pico, holy smokes, he got he dropped Pedro Calvallo with an uppercut. And then landed these, just these, I mean, over and over again, these little inside elbows. He was really working hard. He started to split Carvalho open. And they started to really hurt him with it. So Carvalho tries to roll over. And then Pico just fucking smashes him on the ground, puts him out. Aaron Pico gets the first round TKO on that one. Pico's been a hot prospect for a long time. And I think he's finally really, like, coming into his own. So that's awesome to see. And then the main event was 185-pound belt. 185-pound belt was on the line between Johnny Eblen and Fabian Edwards. Fabian Edwards, for those of you who don't know, is current uh, champion from the UFC. Leon Edwards' brother. So Fabian was trying to get the belt from Johnny, and he was doing a good job over the first two rounds. And then in the third, Johnny Eblen has a beautiful right hand, which drops Fabian. He jumps on him and just unloads a bunch of ground and pound. So he gets the TKO in the third over Fabian Edwards, but not before Fabian landed a crispy inside elbow earlier in the fight which filleted Johnny Eblen's eye open so gnarly, dude. You could see his thoughts. It was so deep and so nasty. Uh, he's going to have a quite the scar for that one moving forward. But, yeah, he still got the win. That's what's most important. He holds on to the belt. Him and Leon got into a little bit of a uh, tiff afterwards because Leon took umbrage with what was um, Johnny Eblen's celebrating after the fight. So, <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting card. It was a fun card. I think 21 fights is too many. Uh that's a really hard fuck. I mean, it started at 11 a.m. here, and I don't even know what time it got over with, but, like, 21 fights is a little egregious. <laughs> Let's keep it to, like, 15. You know what I'm saying? That's just my my take on that. But a lot of fun fights, a lot of good finishes. All right. Moving into one. Oh, oh gosh. I almost said 1FC because I looked at Asa Pays and 10 pounds. Moving into UFC Vegas 79. Um, I'm going to APB. I'm going to preface everything by saying this was an okay card. Well, I think were, that you're being very generous. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to be lame. <laughs> there were about three fights. I thought it was going to be better than it was. Yeah. There were about of course, the main there. event ended. It, that could have been good if it hadn't ended differently. It started out great. And then I also think the co-main event would have been a lot better if Ige would have knocked out that. Oh, ball. my but God. We'll get to that a little bit later. So let's <laughs> hammer out the prelims first. We had Tamiras Vidal versus Montserrat Rendon. Really lame fight, fam. I don't like to talk shit too much, but this was, it looked like sparring. Really did. It was slow. It was sloppy. It was not good. Uh, Montserrat Rendon got the split decision, but again, not a good fight. Moving into 115, we had Mizuki Inui, or was just going on by just Mizuki last night, if I remember correctly, going against Canna Goldie. I mean, a little bit better than the first fight. There was a lot of wall wrestling. Uh, Mizuki landed a few good knees to the body, but again, not a really fun, not a very exciting, not a very high-paced fight. Mizuki got the UD over Hannah Goldie in that one. Moving into our next fight, which at least, you know, had some oomph to it, some blood and some guts and some power. We had Mohamed Usman versus Jake Collier. Uh, a left hand hurt Mo early. And then um, Collier tried the very rare head and arm choke from standing position. Mo got out of it, landed a beautiful counter right. There was some nice jabs and some nice work from Collier on the feet, but then Mo would come back with some good body work and jabs of his own. Then there was a gnarly finger to the eye poke, which had Jake down for a while. He actually recovered. Both guys were landing good shots after that. It was a very back and forth. And then in the third, Mo picked up Jake Collier, who was no small man, okay? Picked him up like the fucking Undertaker over his head and slammed his ass. Got on top, got some ground control, some ground and pound, some top control. I mean, Mo. Definitely won that fight by UD, which is what the judges gave it to him as well. And let's say this, APB. Our man, Chris the Crippler, leaving Ronald Gang Gang Gang. 
made his first judging uh, appearance for the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So, like, I want Chris Lieber to be a good judge. I want him to be kind of this new wave of former fighters who become judges. So I hope it really, I hope it works for him. I hope it sticks, you know, sticks with it, continues yeah. to improve at it. And I really, I love that Chris Lieben is on the uh, judging panel now. So that was that one. All right, moving into Jacob Malcoon versus Cody Bundridge. Jacob, like, <laughs> gets on top of Cody early in the first, starts kicking his ass. Cody moves to his back, and for some unknown reason, Jacob Malcoon decided to disregard the rule of you can't hit the fucking guy in the back of the head and just land a brutal shot to the back of Cody Brundridge's head. <clears throat> really rang his bell, really dazed him. Um, could he have continued after that five-minute or so break? I don't know. I'd like to speculate on that. I'm not in there. I'm not him. It seemed like he probably could have, you know, continued, but he took the uh, the DQ wins of Cody Brundridge, even though he was getting his ass kicked, gets a DQ win in the first round. All right. Moving into my first fight that I was really like, yes, now this is a fight. It was Tim Dirty Bird Means, and I believe yes. he said it was his 50th fight. Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's an old dog. <laughs> 39 years old, but still looking great. Uh, Tim Means, Dirty Bird, getting in there with Andre Fialau. Tim doubled up the strikes in the first round, but not only were they like, was there higher volume, they were more significant. They were landing harder. They were hurting Andre, dude. He dropped him, you know. So first round was all Tim Means. Second round, Andre Fialau, like, he did a great job of getting back into the pocket where look like he was going to lose. You know what I mean? Look at like Tim was totally in control. Andre rocked him, started coming back. Tim grabs him with a clinch, started landing some beautiful knees. Andre gets a good takedown. Tim reversed it. Tim hits him with a really hard head kick. And I'm sorry, that's not yet. So Tim reversed in the second round, and they had a good back-and-forth scrap. And then in the third, Tim lands, like, starts this really nice combo. He lands a beautiful head kick. Now, did Andre get his hand up and block some of it? Yeah. But when you see how much of the actual surface area of his shin hit Andre in the head, you know it hurt him, staggered him, moved him back. Tim started moving forward, landing some beautiful punches and some knees. He really poured it on Andre Fialau, got the TKO in the third round, and 170 pounds, Tim Dirty Bird means, still showing that he means business. What do you think of that fight, APB? Oh, that fight was wonderful. I loved it. That fight was wonderful. Yes, it was. <laughs> so even with the sniffles, the old rhino will still belt out a little song or two, a little ditty, if you will. All right, moving into our first rhino gang fighter on the card, we had Dan Argetta versus Miles Johns, 135 pounds. Miles Johns has power at 135 that you don't often see because Dan Argetta is a really good fighter. His forward pressure, his takedowns, his fucking cardio is unmatched, but you can't, you can't bypass the power and the accuracy that Miles Johns has when he hits you. He hurts you. He stops you to tracks. He puts you on your butt. He really has something special at 135. It was a good back and forth scrap, but Miles Johns definitely with the combinations got the UD and that one over Dan Argetta. So unfortunately, no win there for the Rhino gang, but Miles Johns, great performance. Nice shout out to uh, his family member who he lost afterwards. Really cool for Miles Johns. All right. Moving into Mert, Charles Air Jordan. Boo. <coughs> we, you suck. Uh, Charles You're on Air the Jordan. shit list forever now, <laughs> Charles Air Jordan. We, we are not a fan anymore. <laughs> you blew it. That is so funny. You're on our shit list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Ricardo Ramos came out looking good. I thought, dude, he got the takedown and a nice scramble. I'm like, okay, Ricardo's going to get him on the ground and you know, then they had a nice scramble, and he got into the gilly position. I'm like, oh, Ricardo Ramos, no doubt, is going to slip his head out of there. But Charles Jordan must have a really strong grip because he held on to that, got the gilly in the first round via tap. So submission in the first round for Charles Jordan. All right. Moving on to the next one. We have AJ Fletcher, right, okay, versus Brian Battle. Now, Brian Battle has looked really good as of late. That dropped down to 170. He looks really thin, but, like, He's, he's not taking a ton of damage. He is doing a good job of staying on the outside, especially against somebody like AJ, who, let's be honest, should probably be at 155, right? Um, very short, stocky wrestler. Brian did a good job of staying on, you know, the outside, landing his teeps to the body, punches. AJ did, you know, did have some nice damage. He had that beautiful elbow at the end of the first round that really hurt Brian. But from that point forward, it was really Brian battle. Um, yeah, Brian battle did a good job. He got the, uh, he eventually got the sub. 
in that one. So big ups to Brian Battle. I think AJ Fletcher will be back. I'd like to see him at 155 as opposed to 170. All right. Moving into Marina Rodriguez versus the Karate the Hottie. My long time oh, man. UFC crush. Ooh. And APB, you you, you <laughs> APB, you can attest to the fact that prior to this fight taking place, I texted you and I said, dude, Karate Hot is about to get lit the fuck up. Yeah. Hey, did. lo and behold, <laughs> she got God. lit the fuck up. Her face got blendered, dude. Like between Marina Rodriguez's knees. Between okay, so Karate kind of got a takedown early. Good for her. Great. That way we didn't have to watch her kick air for a while and punch air for a while. But yeah. unfortunately, yeah. after she got back up, Marina Rodriguez started landing beautiful knees, not just to the face, but to the body, to the to the thighs, landing inside punches, inside elbows, combinations. She cut karate hottie above the eye, below the eye, buddied her nose, buddied her lip. Had her face looking like the crimson mask of Ric Flair of the 1980s. And <laughs> it was bad news. So basically, Marina Rodriguez poured it on her. They, they shouldn't have stopped it at all. Let her see the doctor in the second, because that would have been a first that round was, finish for Marina. Yeah. <clears throat> but then as soon as the second round happened, Marina picked up right where she left off, started gnarly bashing Karate Hottie, finished her in this TKO in the second round. You know, Karate Hottie then, like, poured out emotion. I thought for sure. We were going to see the retirement at that point. Like I thought, we for think sure. that every fight, like the last five fights, we thought she was going to retire. I think it's like because we think she should. So we're trying to like maybe <laughs> wishful we're thinking. Maybe, yeah, we're wishful. Thinking. We're like trying to will her to do it. Like just take the strap off your glove, pull <laughs> the glove off for those fingers, put him in the middle of the octagon. But no, she like was poor, like pouring tears out, like in a crumple on the ground afterwards. So like, of course you feel bad for her, but. Yeah, it's time to hang him up, dude. Maybe go take a couple of BKFC fights or something. I don't know. But, yeah, no more MMA for Karate Hottie, at least not at the UFC level. That's my opinion. Anyway, all right. Ugh, I don't want to talk about this one, APB. But we got to. I don't either. It started out okay. First round was great. First round was great. We had Bryce Mitchell. Well, first of all, we have to address the elephant in the room. Bryce Mitchell has been in what can only be described as... Oh, how do we put this delicately? Off his fucking rocker this whole week, oh dude. Gosh. He was screaming at Bisbing. He has all these conspiracy theories. He is spouting them off to anybody who will listen. <clears throat> I'm all for being a being a religious person for whatever faith you are. I'm all I support you. You know what I'm saying? That's great. Whatever works for you is great. It's when you try to push it on everybody else, which everybody right. has a problem with. I have a problem with. I don't like that. People have different religions, you know, right. just because he's right. Christian doesn't mean that everybody else is and that everybody wants to hear his, you know, Jesus preaching stuff. But and what I really have a problem with him is that he goes off on all his conspiracy theories, but like he has no background in any kind of science to defend any of his theories and he doesn't defend them. He just says that stuff is lies from Satan. And it's like, if you're going to, you know, preach about all these conspiracy theories, like, where's your proof? He went to Harding University, which is a Church of Christ college. It's a Bible college. I really don't think he learned much science there. It seems to me that, like, he has something going on upstairs that I, d I don't understand. I don't know if he understands. I don't know if anybody understands, but he's using some sort of motivation. <laughs> He's using for some sort of motivation in that he comes out with a Bible. He's being announced and he screamed freedom, which was very. Um, so my favorite movie of all time is Braveheart. And, <laughs> and he screamed freedom while holding up the Bible, which again was so strange. And then in the first round, they actually get to fight, right? A nice punch from Ige opened up a cut early under Bryce's eye. Uh, his takedown defense was on point because Bryce... Bryce, they say, oh, his stand-up has improved. He's getting better on his feet. Bryce has no interest in standing up with anybody, dude, especially not somebody like a killer like Ige. So all he's trying to do is take him down. But, dude, Bryce <coughs> was trying to, trying to, trying to. Ige was just saying, no, I'm not going to the ground. We're going to stand up and fight. Uh, great takedown defense. Landed some good stuff. Late takedown. Very late takedown for Bryce in the first. But, again, Ige clearly won this, the first round. In the second, another left hook by Ige, then a right hand swole. 
Bryce's eye up something fierce to the point where they he called had him like a doc- four eyeballs at the end of, of the <laughs> fight. It looked like he had three eyeballs on one side and then one eyeball on the other side. So they call in the doctor. The doctor said, "Oh, he can continue." And then Bryce just continually takes Ige down, takes his back, tries for submissions, has top control. I mean, no doubt about it. Bryce Mitchell is a fantastic wrestler. He's a fantastic grappler. He sucks on the feet. He ground out a decision over, over Dan Ige in that one. Like, here's here's my deal. And then in the end, he was, like, trying to force Ige to say it was a – the fires in Maui were a man-made conspiracy from Satan or whatever the fuck yeah, he was talking he about. Yeah, and made him force pray him to, with them at the end. And pray. it's like, what the fuck so, am I watching? So cringy. And, again, we want to be real clear about we totally support anybody – who is down with our religion, whatever yes, religion that is, we, do. we support you. We are all for that. If that's what your, if that's what helps you get through your day, I think that's phenomenal. It's when you're trying to say your religion is the only way and that you are trying to force it down other people's throats. That's where APB and I have a problem. Yeah. And, and we're, that's here what he was we're not here for anything else. Right. Right. So, again, it, it was cringy as fuck, and I do not like Bryce Mitchell. You don't like Bryce Mitchell. A lot of people don't like Bryce Mitchell. And, unfortunately, Bryce Mitchell is a really good grappler, so I hope his next opponent knees him to the fucking face. Oh, I hope he gets knocked out. So <laughs> and puts hard. him to sleep. That's let's, have a, let's have a rematch. Sure. Because, I'm, according to Bryce, he did not lose that fight. It was all because he had the flu. Right. That he lost that. So yeah, let's let's play that again and let's watch him get beat up again. <laughs> I'll take another helpful, uh, he- healthy dose of watching Illuto Puria beat up Bryce Mitchell again. You bet. All right, <laughs> let's get into the main event, which could have been awesome. Started out awesome, but unfortunately, <sighs> they, what did you say that one time? You were like, it was like you didn't get to nut. <laughs> what was oh, that? oh, it gave you a lady boner, but you didn't I get to I had nut. like three lady boners and I never came. <laughs> That's such a funny we didn't. We didn't. It was. This was more like I don't even know if this got a, a full on boner. It was more like a lady chub, and then okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> and it was. Um, and then it was over. So we had Rafael Fiziev versus Mateusz Gamrot, and like I think this was shaping up to be such a good fight. Like a one-two from Gamrot got Rafael's attention early. Rafael started doing that body head that he does. He did the beautiful matrix lean back away from a kick. He had a really hard leg kick, which dropped Gamrot. Um, which was like, okay, this was going to be good. Like, they were both scrambling. They were moving so quickly. Everything was going really fast and accurate and fun. Take down by Gamrot in the second round. They get back up. Fizzy throws a kick with his right leg. I'm like, oh, shit. And then he went down, and I'm like, what What happened? So I originally thought that his right foot, which seemed to land on Gamrot's elbow, had broken. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was the foot at first, too. And so then they're they're showing the replay, and it's his left knee that mm-hmm. actually buckled, hyperextended, whatever happened to it, tore something, which made him crumble. So they ended up having to call that one a TKO um, victory from Mateusz Gamrot off of the kick, which hurt Rafael Fazeev's left knee. Really, really like, this is going to be awesome. It's starting out awesome. And then, oh. <laughs> oh. And you got to keep in mind, too, APB, I had been watching fighting for about 11 hours straight at that point. Oh. <clears throat> and to, like, have it finish that way was just like, oh. Yeah. That was, that was a letdown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, again, I'm going to give UFC Vegas 79 a C. I'm going to grade I got to give it a C because Tim Dirty Bird Means fight was great. Miles Johns and Argetta was really good. Um, the first round between Bryce and Ige, I enjoyed a lot. <laughs> I know. Gosh. I was – I was really hoping it would continue like that. I really, really was. And I thought it was going to, and then it just didn't. And the first round between Fazeev and Gamrot was really fun too. So yeah, I'm going to give that one a C. I give the belt our 299 a B. That was, that was the better card to be honest with you. So let's go ahead and get into our drop of the night. Mine actually comes from the aforementioned Bellator 299. I got Levon Chokelli with his front kick KO of Saba Hamasi. So once again, Levon Chokelli from Bellator 299 in Dublin. Front kick on Saba Homasi. What's your drop of the night APB? I didn't have one this week. I'm sorry. Totally okay. <laughs> I didn't there watch wasn't... Bellator. I only watched UFC, and there were no there were no drops <coughs> that needed mentioning. To no me. drops that needed mentioning. You got it. All right. So there are no there is no UFC this coming weekend. There is PFL Europe. There is Canelo Alvarez boxing. 
versus Jamal Charlo. It's going to be a good one. But, so we're not going to have any picks for that one. Let's go right into our Q&A with some members of the Rhino Gang and APB. If you need to warm up your voice, because you know who the first one's coming from. The big homie, Jim Asun, the OG. OG, what do you got for us this week, my dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino Gang, hope y'all are doing well. Better top out this question before I get so high I can't see the keyboard. Who do you think Brian Battles should fight next? And you fucking casuals know it's always 420. <laughs> so did you uh did you ever hear hear back from when we said all those nice things about Jim? Did you hear anything from him? Not, no. I don't think so. I didn't either, Jim. So you know, APB and I made a whole segment just talking about how much we love you and how cool you are, what we think about you. And uh, you you know you didn't have anything to say about that, so maybe he missed that show. That's what I think too, because I think because Jim is such a great guy, yeah, and we love him so much. I think if you would have heard that, he'd be like, "Oh, thanks, guys," or whatever. But we didn't hear shit. I was like, "Jim, <laughs> what the hell, man?" <laughs> what episode was that? That's been a few ago. <clears throat> Two or three ago, been? yeah. That sounds about right. Or here, my other theory was this: is that he uh, he just got really really high. And just kind of zoned out during that portion of the show. (laughs) Yeah, he probably, he thought that he he told us thanks. And then he. (laughs) Right, he forgot it. So I I was just, just, obviously I'm just teasing. Right. Do things to get, but but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So um, what does Jim has for us this week? He said he wants to know who's next for Brian Battle, correct? Yeah. So I'm really going to go, I'm going to push Brian Battle up a little bit here. Because again, I think AJ Fletcher is a really good fighter at 170. And. Brian Battle has kind of been, well, you know, he had the big 15-second knockout in his last fight. He had a good performance last night. I'm ready to kind of push him into that top 25 right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking about someone like maybe Santiago Ponsonibio, somebody like uh, Phil the Fresh Prince Rowe, someone in that 30-ish range, maybe Tim the Dirty Bird Means, who had the great performance last night. Like, that's where I'm talking about. That would about. be good. And that's where I'm talking about Brian Battle going next. And somebody in that top 35 top 28 to 35 race something like that so yeah the three names i came up with were ponzinibbio fresh prince Rowe, and tim dirty bird means it's kind of where i'm at i think that's the those are the right kind of test for brian battle to see if he's going to be kind of moving up quickly to the title contention you know to that top 20 or if he's going to need to stay you know at that level he's at right now and get a few more fights as of seasoning so that is my answer on that one og jim is suit you know we love you and you know it's always 420 kids peace all right, let's get into our next one, which comes from the homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Doc says, Rhino, between Bellator and the UFC, we saw a few fights end due to injury. Have you ever won a fight by injury? If so, what are the emotions attached to it? I'm super curious. So, yeah, buddy, I was wondering if you were asking this question, because the Doc came to a lot of my, my, a lot of my pro fights. Um, I thought he was there for this one, but possibly not. I was fighting a dude and I was really came out strong. Um, he was one of the rare times I was actually taller than somebody and I was able to keep him at my end of my jab and I was really sticking him and he was hurting and he was kind of, I pushed him back in the ropes a few times. <clears throat> and then at one point we were, you know, we were kind of circling each other and he, he like dodged something that I threw at him, went back into the ropes and then collapsed. Like I didn't even hit him. That at that point, and he went down. He started grabbing his knee and screaming and kind of carrying on. I don't want to speculate and say he faked it. I'm not going to say that. A lot of other people were saying that. You know what I mean? So he was rolling around screaming, holding his knee. You know, that's not a that's not a way you want to win a fight. That's not a way that you feel like satisfied. You know what I mean? It's just it's some it's almost it almost feels like. It almost feels like it's a draw, even though you win. You know what I mean? Because you're just not that definitive finish. You don't feel like you went through like the fire to get the win. You don't feel like you truly earned it. Yeah, there's a whole gambit of emotions that you go through in a situation like that. The, the fun part for me, or the good part for me, was I got to rematch him like a year later and got a clean, proper knockout of his little shit-talking self that he is. So, I, I've been through it once, and it's weird. I know it's not nearly as satisfying as a regular win, and I bet you there's a lot of other fighters from last night who are feeling the exact same way, including uh, Mateusz Gamrock, because you don't want to win that way. You'll take the win, but you don't really want to win that win. It doesn't feel as good as a real win. So that is my answer on that one. Doc, thank you so much, my dude. All right, let's get to our next one, which comes from the Denver Broncos loving fanatic, our homie Ty the Fly Guy. What do you got this week, broski? Ty says, hey, Rhino, it's Ty, your Denver Broncos loving fanatic. 
This was a question I was thinking about with my co-host on the FKTC podcast, but I wanted your opinion on it. With the UFC having Apex cards, there's not a lot of crowd noise versus when the cards are outside of the Apex. My question this week is this. Is a fighter's psyche impacted if he or she fights at the Apex versus a stadium with a crowd in it? Let me know what you think. I love the show as always, and I'll catch you later. So, so first of all, I felt bad. I was trying to hide my yawn, and I tried to hit the mute button, but I didn't get to it. So I was trying to, like, in my I'm back here going, trying to stifle it. So I hope that it did not come through too clearly. <laughs> On the big, it has nothing to do with Ty's question. I just had a yawn because I didn't get much sleep last night. So I got the sniffles. I think you all have heard me complain about that already. But Ty, yeah, dude, I think it's different for each fighter. Because to be honest with you, there are some fighters who feel too overwhelmed from the big crowds, the 20,000 or screaming fans, the chaotic energy. It, it's overwhelming for them. And the nerves get to them. And they don't perform as well. I think some of those fighters get into the apex and they have a much better performance because they don't feel as much stress and as much overwhelming noise and just fucking you know energy so they're able to kind of keep it calm cool and collected and then go out there and they perform better i think there are other fighters who absolutely feed off that energy feed off all the crowd noise feed off the the banging of the feet the clapping the cheering the people going woo just they just do they just they they fight better in that environment so i think it really depends on the fighter i think there's different people who find either environment advantageous for myself i would have preferred the apex to be honest um, I liked the more intimate feel. I liked fighting in the smaller venues rather than the huge ones that were ton, you know, full of people. Uh, but that was just me, dude. So yeah, I think there's some people who like the Apex better, and some people who fight better. Let's say you know at T-Mobile where there's twenty thousand people. So that is a great question, Ty. Thank you very much, my dude. All right. Oh gosh, what's next? APB. Oh, we're going to the juicy fruit, baby. Juicy fruit, baby. What do you got for us this week, my dude? Juice says. So let's talk about the next fight night. The main event is weak, but the rest of the main card has some banger matchups. Am I alone in thinking any of the other main cards fights should headline over Bobby, I won't pay my child support green and Grant RNC Dawson. Anyway, Grant via RNC, take it to the bank. Yeah, the net that I think the net whole next card is weak. I, I, I wouldn't want to see any of it. To be honest with you, I might even. See <laughs> I'm fine with really honest. That's so, that's what we expect. Of course, they could all be they could all be awesome. You never yeah. you never know. I'll say that too. That's one of the best parts about high level MMA is that it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter. You know, some week to week, whether we think it's going to be a great fight or not. You know what I mean? Some just really surprise us and end up being a really fun fight. So yeah, I think any of them could be the main event instead as well. However, this is our main event, and Juice talked about the not paying child support. I don't know that story. Oh, you don't? don't no. Yeah, like How did I miss that? Saying that? I don't know. Really? He's a trash person, though. Yeah. I did not know that. Me. Yeah, he Holy doesn't pay. Shit. Wow, Bobby Green, not cool, my guy. So, Grant Dawson is on a very lengthy win streak right now. He has looked phenomenal his last few fights. Bobby Green is very good in the feet. We all know that. Uh, we all know his style is very jab heavy. You know, he's very tap, 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 hard punch. Right, that's kind of his style. Grant Dawson is a really good wrestler. Grant Dawson has been fantastic at taking people down, holding them down, using his ground and pound to like open up a submission, and then as soon as the submission becomes available, taking it, taking your neck, taking your arm, taking your knee, whatever it is, he'll take it. So yeah, I definitely see Grant Dawson uh, getting a submission in this one, probably the second round. But yeah, I'm with you on that one, Juicy Fruit Baby. You know, I love when we are not on the same page, and I love when we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> this one is unfortunately one where we are completely on the same page and completely agree that Grant Dawson is going to sub uh, Bobby Green, and I'm guessing the second round. That's my call on that one. So, Juicy Fruit Baby, thank you very much, my guy. All right, let's get into our next one, which comes from the Holman Sale. My boy, Brian, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Brian says, with no UFC next Saturday, what are you going to be watching instead? So for me, dude, it's going to be Canelo versus Jamal Charlo. That whole card is pretty stacked. I love a lot of the fights on the undercard, especially my man, Jordanius Ugas 
who is going to be fighting. Uh, I think he's like fourth from the top or something like that. He is really fun. I've been watching him for over a decade. Of course, the Canelo fight is going to be awesome. I think Canelo is going to win that one. I don't know if he gets a stoppage or not, but I think it's going to be a really fun fight because Charlo, there's, I don't know if you know APB, there are Charlo twins who are both champions. Um, I did not know that. In boxing. <clears throat> and and he's fighting, uh, he is fighting Jamal. Because there's Jamal, I, I'm not going to say it right. I'm not going to try. However, he's playing <laughs> Jamal Charlo, and they're both both twins are really really good, high level fighters. He'll give he'll give Canelo some fits here and there, but I think Canelo's going to do what Canelo does, drag him into deep water and uh, get a unanimous decision in that one. But yeah, a lot of fun fights on that card. Very much looking forward to it. So I will be watching Canelo Alvarez versus Charlo, uh, the whole boxing match next week. So that's my answer on that one. All right, APB. Without any further ado, I believe that is it for our questions. Let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with 1FC featherweight Muay Thai record machine, Asa Tenpal. After a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ah, oh, fight fan, we got ourselves a fantastic guest going 10 rounds of Rhino this week. 1FC, featherweight, Muay Thai supreme. We got my man, the American Ninja, Asa Tenpah was here. Asa, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for having me. Looking forward uh, to the big fight coming up. Hell yeah, dude. We're going to talk about that very shortly. But first, the first round with Rhino is kind of the origin story, dude. How'd you first get involved in like the martial arts? Like, what was the like the origin story about you first got involved in this crazy wacky world that we call combat sports? Yes, um, pretty much um, getting into martial arts was my parents placed me in when I was about four years old, and my father kept me in it throughout my whole life. Um, by the time I was about a teenager, I decided that. I wanted to do more of the combat side of it and the ring work. So kind of took it upon myself after 18 and just started going down that path. Okay, dude. Now we talked about this a little bit um, before your one FC Muay Thai featherweight bout that's coming up is at one FC fight night 14. As you and I are recording this, we're just a little over a week away from that. And as we both know, Asa, there are always variables in camp. There's always different things we're working on, different things we're trying to level up at or focus on. Was there a specific part of this camp, like a specific aspect of your game you really wanted to sharpen up? Or was it just kind of business as usual? I want to level up everywhere. Yeah, this camp, definitely um, always looking to improve myself. Um, but sharpening up from where I left off, uh, this I was lucky enough to get back into another fight coming off my last fight. So consistency is nice. Um, so just pretty much sharpening what I've kind of already done. Um, that's definitely my defense in, in the small gloves. Um, and also just overall fitness level, getting that up, up to, up to par. And, um, and yeah, just, uh, just capitalizing on on last camp and 
And just kind of building up from there. I got you, my dude. Now, your opponent that night is Rambo. I hope I'm saying this right. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Rambolek Toriortha. Um, you know, I saw a couple of his fights. He's he's aggressive. He's a very strong uh, fighter. What do you think he brings into the cage that you're going to need to be? I'm sorry, the cage. What do you think he brings into the ring that you're going to need to be prepared for that night? Yeah, actually, um, it is in the, the, the cage slash ring, whatever they call right, it. One right, right. One championship circle, sorry. Um, yeah. we, um, he brings a heavy punching game. We call that uh, Moy Matt style. And, yeah, just overall, just what, looking at him, he's um, aggressive when it, when it comes to his hands. Um, he has a traditional base as far as Muay Thai goes. Um, but overall looking at it, you know, um, lacking in, in, in the department as far as, uh, I would say experience, even though he has more fights than me in, in Muay Thai, um, but overall experience in one championship and experience against other foreign fighters slash mixed-styled fighters as well. Okay. So, I mean, we're all looking forward to it that night, dude. Again, I wouldn't I wouldn't have reached out if I hadn't seen kind of the, this is definitely the kind of guy that is going to put on a fucking show. And that's, I'm talking about you that night against Rambo. Like, although I do like his name because it's got Rambo in it. And I think that's pretty fucking <laughs> cool. So, now, dude, you've competed in Muay Thai, MMA, under the glory, you know, glory kickboxing banner. Um, and you've had success in every single combat sport you've been involved in. What do you think is the biggest reason you've been able to like kind of, it really, I know it doesn't, it probably doesn't feel that way for you, but for those of us on the outside watching in, like the seamless transitions between the very distinctive and nuanced differences of these combat sports, like how have you able to be successful in all of them? What do you think is the biggest reason? Uh, my traditional base coming from a traditional martial arts allowed me to do like many fundamental movements um, along with, I guess, my enthusiasm for martial arts, uh, always seeking out the best teachers. And um, when I would indulge into a new sport, I would definitely go 100% in it and um competing wise and and just studying on the the game and making sure i knew my history about certain things and yeah just um just the my base is was was a good fundamental base for me which would be um was classical kung fu of all things um but that allowed me to do so many different things like easily because I w in kung fu we had to do a lot of movements that that are unusual and unorthodox so getting down into that base and the core of uh the the each each um genre of fighting um that that's what i i, I really am good at I'll, I'll dig to the bottom of it and and find the root of it and then apply that into my my game very cool my dude now you have a great nickname in the american ninja it's it's one of the better ones that there is in the entire landscape of combat sports but you're one of the few people asa who has a cooler regular nick real name than an actual <laughs> nickname itself asa 10 pal can you kind of tell us like I don't know, like where where's that where's the origin of that name? Because it's such an interesting and cool name. And how did you ever did your parents ever tell you the story of how they decided to name you that? Yes. Um first uh Ten Pow is is um family name. Um it, it's a Chinese last name. Um at the time, like my ancestor was brought over from China to British Guyana. And there was too many of the same names that he had. So they actually chose, he chose Ten Pao. At the time, it was Ho Ten Pao. And then later on, we, uh, we like to say we dropped the Ho and kept Ten Pao. Um, and as far as my first name goes, my father was big into cards and poker and 
blackjack and stuff like that. So actually my middle name is Hart. So it rolls off Ace of Hart, 10 pound. Uh, my mom would prefer the, the Hebrew one, which is physician. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I've got to ask this question because that's, that's a great answer. I love it. Now, Asa, we have to find balance in our lives. We have to have, you know, time away from the cage, time away from training, time away from hitting mitts and pads, doing all the things that we do for our sport. What are some things you like to do away from training, away from, you know, the actual hard work just to kind of chill out, relax, have some fun? Yeah, it's very hard because I've 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 got my lifestyle to fully involved in martial arts and that that goes through all aspects and I own a gym as well so separating it I I, I go from fighter to coach to business owner um, but making that balance has has always been difficult but I have my other hobbies like. Uh, I love pro football. I love watching the Miami Dolphins. Been a long time Miami Dolphin fan, but other than that, my um, I'm a new father. My 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 daughter is 14 months. Awesome. She's uh, definitely keep me grounded and level headed and um, extra disciplined at this stage. Now I know you came up in West Palm Beach, which is funny because we used to when I was a kid. I'm from Detroit. I've lived here you know most of my life and. Uh, we would we had lots of vacations down in Jupiter, Florida, which yep. is right in the West Palm Beach area. And so when I saw West Palm Beach, I was like, uh, I was like, I, I remember that being kind of a at least where we were it was kind of an older community, kind of a retirement community. Was right. growing up there was it was it kind of was it like that for you as well, or was there was there more you know I don't know was there more kids around to play with, or was there more fun stuff to do then, or how was it growing up in that area for you? Yeah, we, I started, my father brought us to to Florida back in like 97, I would say. And we, him and I stayed in South Florida for the longest. We were in like uh, Davie, Fort Lauderdale area, Pembroke Pines. And then just slowly, gradually moved up towards um, Palm Beach because it was a bit of a slower lifestyle than the, than the South Florida area. And um Things were much cheaper um, in in Palm Beach, so I'm I was actually raised in uh, the acreage, which is out west. Um, so it's about thirty minutes or so west of Jupiter, and it's like uh, everybody has an acre of land. So it was a big change coming from like a zero lot line and and a lot of friends in in the community to you had the bicycle about a mile to go go see your best friend or anything <laughs> right uh, dude. Uh, yeah definitely is a, a, a slower pace um i would for me it was it was difficult being a competitor and being really into heavily into sports although it was a it's a huge football huge football area um but martial arts wise there, there definitely was nothing which also sprung me to have my gym in Palm Beach as well. <laughs> right, dude. That's awesome. Now, we always have to cut weight. It's just part of what we have to do as professional fighters. It sucks, but it's what we got to do. What's one food that you kind of stay away from during camp, but then after the fight's over, you really like to throw down on and, like, indulge in, my friend? Uh, I would have to say ice cream. I, I, I don't – I'm not – I don't eat ice cream during camp. Um so it's been it's been tough, but after after fights, for sure, ice cream because ice cream blows me up the most. Okay. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like I, I can I can eat almost anything. Um, I just have to be you know limited and. Um, but yeah, ice cream for sure. I'll, I'll get on top of that when I get back. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Now, from what he means by go get back is uh, he's over in Thailand right now. Uh, training for the big fight, which is uh, just, like I said, just next week at one fight night 14. So, my dude, we've careened our way into the 10th round, Asa, and this is just the easiest round of them all. All you got to do is share your social medias with us, dude, so everybody here, the Rhino Gang, everybody listening, we can follow you along, keep tabs on your career moving forward, and just become, you know, super fans of, of the American Ninjas. So, just share your social medias with us, dude. 
Yeah, my social media is pretty easy. It's my first and last name put together, Asa Tenpow. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also find me on Florida Kickboxing Academy. Those are my handles for my gym, um, both Instagram and Facebook. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't really do the other social medias. <laughs> so it sounds like Instagram and Facebook are the are the two places to you know to follow you along, which is awesome. Well, Asa, we know leading into a fight like this, it's there's not a lot of time. Time is at a premium, so we really appreciate you taking uh, the time out to go 10 rounds of Rhino tonight, dude. I know that, uh, you know, you're going to get in there and kick some ass. We're all going to be riding with you. So, once again, we really appreciate you taking the time out, my friend. Thank you, Todd. And it's fun to go 10 rounds with Todd Rhino. This is Ace of Tempo, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Asa, that was very cool, my dude. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck and best of skill next week, and we're all going to be glued to the TV looking for you to kick some ass, my man, over uh, Rambo. I think it's going to be a really, really fun fight. Definitely looking forward to it, my dude. All right, let's get in our shout-outs and our outro to our forum contributors, to the OG Jim Asu, to the homie Doc, to Ty the Fly Guy, to the Juicy Fruit Baby, to Brian from the Home and Sale, so, of course, APB, the co-host with the Mo-host, Miss Fight Diva, Fabian, the Man of Mayhem, Hunter from 24-7 FC, Tom and Sandy, Kairos, Deffy, Gina, and Shannon from the PRG, the homie MMA by Milliken, Brat, Filthy Casual, Ashley, the MMA Nerd, Pamela, Chrissy, Jason, Jillian, my underdog MMA peeps, Trisanga, Cyrus King, Tyson, Tempting Tory, my boy Sammy, my whole Rhino Gang GC, you know how much we love you, gang, 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 gang. To Drea, the future player, our social media guru supreme. To D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To J at JMMA4 on Twitter and at JMMA on YouTube. Another banger poster this week of Ace of Tempow. Really, really appreciate my dude. Make sure you check out his um, his YouTube for his awesome UFC video game content. Really, really cool stuff over there. So, fam, we all know. The, the, the world is a crazy place right now. There are things going on left, right, and center that we can't always make you know heads or tails of. But just remember this. Love your family. Love your friends. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Love is always greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Cage Side!